Hello and welcome to the Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, BTR Juice, and today we have a lot of news to go over with, so let's just get it started with some racing news. NASCAR will go to the Talladega Speedway this week, and a lot of teams have much hope, a lot of high hopes, if you would, uh, for the racetrack, including one Matt DiBenedetto. The last time Matt DiBenedetto was in the number 21 quick lane tire and auto team, he raced at Talladega Super Speedway. They won stage one. They led 28 laps, including the white flag lap, and finished fifth in the April 25th Geico 500. Of course, a very controversial ending, one that obviously really shouldn't have happened. Because you saw that hand went below the line and De Benedetto, I think it was second, or was that at, no, I believe that was Talladega. But anyways. Now this time around, in Sunday's Yellowwood 500, the strategy and goals will be a bit different with the team eliminated from championship contention. There's an emphasis on earning points and putting more and more on putting the number 21 Mustang in position to race for the win, race for the win in closing laps. De Benedetto said the team is capable of coming away with the victory in late if the late race circumstances play out in their favor. We have been in contention to win at the Super Speedways countless times now. Adding that being there at the end requires a lot more than just racing luck. He said he said that Spotter Doug Campbell and crew chief Jonathan Hassler, Jonathan Hassler, and other team members, as well as the entire Ford um, family, put in a lot of hours going over scenarios that are likely to occur in Talladega, coming up with strategies to deal with them. Doug, myself, and the team have really worked hard on our race craft at these places to be here when it counts. Luckily, we don't have to race for stage points. We're just out there trying to take the win. There will be no qualifying or practice prior to the start of the Sunday's 188-lap race, which will feature stage stage breaks for at lap 60 and lap 120. And Matt DiBenedetto will start 15th on the grid. The lineup having been set based on the results from Las Vegas Motor Speedway with the 12 championship contenders starting ahead of the rest. The green flag is set to fly at 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Eastern time with NBC carrying the live broadcast on Sunday. So great uh, strategies here for Matt DiBenedetto. Looking over what will happen, what could happen. Definitely looking over some tape. You'd, you'd assume they would be. But how about this? Daniel Hemrick is set to run the number 11 car in college racing and in the Xfinity Series next year to replace Justin Haley. Hemrick currently runs full-time in the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing, fueling them in number 18 Toyota after running part-time in junior motorsports. In 113 starts in the series, he has 39 top fives, 60 top um, 10, 66 top 10s, and will make his third career playoff start in Saturday's Allsco Uniforms 302 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Um, this move adds another veteran driver to Colleague Racing Stable. Um, this move adds another veteran driver to Colleague Racing Stable that already includes 2021 Xfinity Series regular 
2021 Xfinity Series regular season champion AJ Allmendinger and 22-year-old Justin Haley, driver of the number 11 Colleague Racing Chevrolet, he'll move to the Premier Series and field Colleague Racing's first full-time Cup Series entry in next season's Cup Series schedule. Hemrick is still in search of his first career win in the NASCAR National Racing Series, putting in a pair of runner-up results and leading 510 laps this season. His two other first-time full seasons in the Xfinity Series resulted in a Championship 4 appearance with Richard Childress, finishing 4th in 2017 and 3rd in 2018. He enters the 2021 playoffs, round of 12, 6th in the standings. Henrik made a season-long stint in 2019 with the Cup Series with RCR, racing 36 um, races and earning the Snoko Rookie of the Year Award. So Daniel Henrik going to Colleague Racing. Now let's move on to some wrestling stuff here. WWE Raw, now the ratings did not drop down as they usually did, but I think Raw was actually really good this week, and I'll tell you things that they got really good right. Number six, the obvious one, which I was so fucking happy. I was ecstatic for this to happen. The Hurt Business is back. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Champion Big E defeated Lashley, Styles, and Omos in a tag match at Extreme Rules. Which wasn't really a good match, but anyways. Despite this defeat, Lashley got his rematch for the WWE Championship on Raw. The Almighty came out by himself, while Kingston and Woods also stayed backstage. The, the, <clears throat> the two men got down to business right away and unloaded with rights and left. Lashley really remained dominant for the early part of the contest and punished Big E. The fight spilled to the floor where Lashley sent Big E headfirst in the ring post. The WWE champion responded with a big belly-to-belly -belly suplex onto the floor. Both men continued to trade some blows before Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin made their way to the ring to ringside in their Hurt Business shirts. This distraction allowed Lashley to regain control of the match to even the odds. But then Woods and Kingston would run down to the ring and began fighting with Benjamin and Alexander. The brawl forced the referee to call the bell, and Adam Pearce booked a steel cage for Big E and Lashley in the main event. WWE did the right thing bringing this team back together. The faction was doing well months ago, and there was no reason to break them up. If you did not know the reason, Vince McMahon did not like pushing Alexander and Benjamin. So yeah. Keith Lee returned to Raw. Here's another reason. Keith Lee returning to Raw with a new name. I love that. It was so good. If you don't know, Keith Lee, new, um, his new nickname is the Bearcat. Of course, paying homage to a uh, late wrestler. Um, so, I mean, that was just... I was so happy about that. It was... I think it's a great thing for him, and he looks dominant as hell. And I can't wait to see what happens. <sighs> Damian Priest picking up a very clean victory over Sheamus. I loved it because Sheamus, him and the feud with Priest, honestly, is getting old. And this really, hopefully, it will take him out of the equation. Priest looks like a fucking badass. He looks like a star. He fights like a star. His promo work could use a little bit. But other than that, he's just 
he's on top, and I like this character. It was a good match, so yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Riddle and AJ Styles actually had a good match. They they got a good little fight together. Of course, uh, Randy Orton, I believe he's out with an injury. Uh, yeah. Or maybe he's just out for something else. I don't know for sure. Oh, sorry about that. Alright, we good? There we go. But it was a really good one, but of course Styles beat Riddle, but the match proved that Riddle can be serious. WWE, of course, I assume they'll likely book a Raw Tag match between the teams at Crown Jewel. Which, I don't know if I'm going to watch Crown Jewel. I've never liked the idea of them going to Saudi Arabia. There's something about it I just have never liked. Then, Biggie and Bobby Lashley found their next challengers after a steel cage match. The opening segment of Raw, of course, was the fight, right? And that, oh, sorry. Something's happening with my fucking thing here. Stop fucking moving, I swear to God. The opening segment of Raw led to a big steel cage match at the end of the show in about where Biggie defended his title against Lashley. The Almighty attacked Biggie before he could get to the cage and slammed the champion around the arena to weaken him before the match started. Biggie managed to gain the upper hand once the match kicked off. He avoided a spear from the Almighty and hip tossed him into the corner. Lashley tried to climb out of the stage out of the cage, but Biggie stopped him in his tracks. The two men continued to deliver some ring-shaking moves to each other before Alexander and Benjamin got involved. This stopped Biggie from escaping the cage before Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods came out to even the odds. Back in the ring, Biggie started to build up some momentum. He delivered some thunders, thunderous belly-to-belly -belly suplexes to knock off the wind, knock the wind out of Bobby Lashley. A big ending came and earned the champion a close two count, and he began to get more frustrated. Finally, Biggie um, hit a big ending from the second rope to end the Almighty's defense and pick up the win on Raw. After the match, Drew McIntyre came out on the stage and pointed his sword at the champion, indicating he wanted a shot. Lashley also has a new challenger on his hands. Early on, Raw Goldberg vowed that he'll punish Lashley for attacking his son. Now, here's my opinion. I, I I like that they had this. I wasn't a biggest fan of this, but it wasn't bad. And now that I'm looking back on it, I don't like it. One thing, Drew McIntyre. I've never thought he's been a big star. He looks like a star. He looks. This is a guy who was a fucking jobber in a team with fucking Heath Slater, Jinder Mahal, and Hornswoggle. I don't like his mic work. He's terrible on the mic. He's all right in the ring. I'll give him that. And his character is just fucking stupid. I hate this. I hate everything about him. I get it. You, he's Scottish. What do you mean? You hate Scottish people? No. I don't like him. I don't. I've never liked him. And on to Goldberg. Why? Why keep bringing back Goldberg? 
He has nothing to value to the company. There's nothing of value from Goldberg. It wasn't Drew McIntyre just in a fucking feud with Jinder Mahal. How are you gonna? What did he do to earn this? Like, oh, I want you. I'll point my sword at you. I, that, yeah, the fuck, the fuck, what the fuck? I'm sick of this fucking thing. I don't know. Now, how would I book the hurt business now? First off, I'd add a new member. And my obvious answer, a guy I'd love to see in the Hurt Business, Apollo. Apollo Crews. He, he, he has the feel now. He has a great character. I love it. Putting him in the Hurt Business would fit great. Number two, Keith Lee. Imagine Keith Lee being in that group. Oh, my God. Now, this is a long shot one, but... Lashley also wanted him in it um, back in February. And if they could, I, if, I think if they got, say, Lashley himself to pitch it to him, I think it'd be good. Leo Rush in the heart business. Yes, he is under contract, I think, in New Japan or AEW or somewhere. Why not try to buy out his contract from the companies, from the company, and then put him in? Put in Leo Rush there. I'd love to see Leo Rush in there. Not as a stupid manager like he was with Lashley. As a serious fucking guy. Another one. Which I think is going to happen very soon. A heel turn by one of the members of the New Day. Xavier Woods. Eh, Maybe. But one of but the one I really want is Apollo, is Apollo Cruz. I think that would just be fucking amazing. Um, how about the let's go on to some NFL news now? Some NFL news: the Chicago Bears are moving closer to leaving Soldier Field as they have now signed a purchase agreement for Arlington Park. The Bears announced Wednesday that they signed a $197.2 million purchase sales agreement, a PSA, with Churchill Downs Incorporated to purchase the 326-acre Arlington Park property in suburban Arlington Heights. But finalizing the PSA was critical in the, ne- in the next step to continuing our exploration of property and its potential. This was Bears President and CEO Ted Phillips in a statement. Much work remains to be completed, including working closely with the village of Arlington Heights and surrounding communities before we can close on this transition. Our goal is to chart a path forward that allows our team to thrive on the field in Chicagoland to prosper for this endeavor and the Bears organization to be a strong future. We never will stop we will never stop working towards delivering the Bears fans the very best experience. We will continue to provide updates on our progress at, our, the, at the appropriate time. In a separate statement, Churchill Downs Incorporated said that it anticipates a deal um, that the deal will close in late 2022 or early 2023. The Bears have played at Soldier Field since 1971 and have a lease that runs through 
2033. The stadium just holds 61,500 fans, the smallest capacity in the National Football League. Soldier Field underwent a six. Uh, <clears throat> Soldier Field underwent a 690 million dollar renovation after the 20, 2001 season that forced the Bears to play home games at the University of Illinois in the 2002 season. The, the Chicago Tribune reported the sum reported over the summer that the Bears would have to pay eighty four million dollars in damages to the city of Chicago if they break the lease within five years. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot said in a statement, "Remain we <clears throat> fuck I can't speak. We remain committed to continue our continuing our work to keep the team in Chicago, and we advised the Bears that we remain open to discussions." So, little Bears news for you. Josh Gordon, we talked about him last show. Josh Gordon has been reinstated by the National Football League, and the man's heading to the Kansas City Chiefs. The 30-year-old receiver was officially reinstated by the National Football League per Monday's transaction wire. Gordon then tweeted Monday, Time to get to work with a target emoji and adding the Chiefs with a prayer sign. Gordon is signed to the KC's practice squad, Reported by NFL insider Ian, Rapp Ian Rappaport, but he should be evaluated, but uh, he should be elevated to the active roster when he gets up to speed. Gordon officially passed his physical on Tuesday, per the report. <clears throat> Gordon has been suspended by the league on six occasions, dating back to the earlier portion of the last decade for substance abuse. And I'll get on that after this. The former supplement draft selection of the Browns missed the entirety of the 2015 and 2016 um, seasons due to suspensions, then returned to play five games for Cleveland in 2017 and one game in 2018 before it was traded to the Patriots in mid-September of 2018. The New England trade came after the Browns made public their plans to release Gordon, stating, We reached a point where we feel best. it's, um, it's best to part ways to move forward. Gordon appeared in 11 games with the Patriots, catching 40 passes for 720 yards and three touchdowns. He remained with the Patriots through the 2019 season, playing in six games before ending on injured reserve with a knee. The Patriots would then waive Gordon from injury reserve on Halloween, Seahawks claiming him the following day. The whiteout spent the remainder of the 2019 season with Seattle, then suspended December last year, missing the entirety of the 2021 of the 2020 campaign. His third full season missed in his career. Gordon was again suspended indefinitely in January, and Seattle released him in March, leaving him free to join the new fan control football league. Gordon applied for another reinstatement in July. His received wish. He received his wish this weekend, and will now attempt to rekindle his career with Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. And now we'll get on that. Um, great for Josh Gordon. Amazing for him. But here's what pisses me off: because substance abuse things should be banned, but weed, for the love of fucking god. I, I've never gotten that. Like, weed doesn't help your performance at all. If anything, it slows your brain. But, like, that should just be straight up fucking put out, because that's dumb as hell. Anyways, 
Richard Sherman. I apologize for that stoppage, but anyways, Richard Sherman has announced that he is signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sherman confirmed that Brady was a key piece in getting him to sign with Tampa. He reached out initially just to see if I was in shape, said Sherman. He and I have had a relationship over the years, and he's been very, he's a great guy. We both thought it would be really cool if we got an opportunity to play together at some point in time. Obviously, with our situations, it didn't see like seem likely at any point in time, but he reached out and said there, uh, they may express interest, and obviously he wanted me to play with them. Then their front office reached out to me, and the conversation started a few weeks ago when they lost Sean Murphy Bunting, and then it just kind of steamrolled. The addition of Sherman comes at an ideal time for the Buccaneers, Secondary that is allowing. One sec, I'm sorry about this. Uh... The um... one sec. I apologize for that. Um, I had some. Someone was uh, at the door. Sorry about that. The addition of Sherman comes at an ideal time for a Bucks for the Buccaneers secondary, as the fall it's following as they are allowing the most passing yards per game through the first three weeks of the season. This is partially due to the unit being gamed up with Sean Murphy bunting on IR with a dislocated elbow, while Carlton Davis with a hamstring and Jamel Dean, Jamil Dean out with a knee injury. Also dealing injuries, it is related to Dean. He reportedly avoided a serious knee injury after exiting week three early, but his availability in the short term is in doubt. The 33-year-old was the 33-year-old was last seen on the field with the 49ers during the 2020 season, but he was limited to five games and played played last year. He was limited to five to just five games played last year due to a calf injury, but totaled 18 tackles and snatched an interception. Brady loses one game, and he's already recruiting. <laughs> but uh, good for him. Sherman definitely deserves that. Now to go back to... Uh, excuse me. To go back to some WWE news. Um, St. Louis is scheduled to host WWE's Royal Rumble in January, with 40,000 fans plus being expected. Down, this is from the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Downtown will see its fair. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> Fuck. Downtown will see its fair share of lake sweeps, suplexes, and power slams this January. Pro Wrestling Powerhouse WWE will host its the 35th annual Royal Rumble on January 29th at the Dome at America Center. The event is one of the biggest of the year for the company and is expected to draw more than 40,000 fans from far and wide to St. Louis to see the scripted spectacle. God damn it. Why'd that make me laugh? To see the scripted spectacle and should bring a boost 
to the downtown economy, said from John P. Sabor, WWE's executive vice president of special events. The, 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 the Rumble is headlined by two battle royals, one for male WWE stars and one for the female contenders, in which 30 wrestlers pack into the ring two by two to duke it out, Compa- accompanied, of course, by entrance music and smack talk. The winner goes on to a title match at the... Um, goes on to a title match at the... I'm sorry. This doesn't seem right. Like, written right. The winner goes on to a title match at the WWE Championship WrestleMania set for Dallas in April. Alright, there we go. The Dome will be the largest venue to host the event since it launched in 1988. The Rumble was a virtual attendance only from Tampa, Florida in 2021 because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but brought 42,715 people to Houston in 2020 and 48,193 people to Phoenix in 2019, according to the company. The WWE Sabor said that St. Louis was chosen through a bidding process that included a review of its public transportations, hotel capacity, event spaces, and history of hosting large spots and entertainment events. He added that St. Louis also has a long, rich history with pro wrestling, dating back all the way to the city's Chase Park Plaza, hosting the popular pro wrestling TV show Wrestling at the Chase from 1959 all the way until 1983, the center of the wrestling world for years. Our decision to present the Rumble at the Dome is a powerful reminder of a special relationship built over the decades, over decades with WWE in St. Louis. St. Louis has hosted the Rumble once before in 2012 when Sheamus, a spiky red-headed up-and-comer from Dublin, won the event, which event at what is today Enterprise Center. St. Louis Mayor Teresa Jones applauded the decision in a statement this week. St. Louis has been the best spot, has been the best sports scene in the country. Rams. <laughs> and Royal Rumble will enhance it even more. The statement read, This event is, in- is an incredible opportunity for our city bringing WWE fans across the country and across the nation. Excuse me, that's how it's said, but I'll say country. Into St. Louis and helping keep our downtown vibrant during the winter season. Sabor helped. Excuse me, Sabor said the WWE has grown in popularity around the world, and he expected domestic and international fans to attend the Rumble as well. The Rumble is also typically surrounded by a weekend of festivities, including meet and greets with the wrestlers, and even more. Two St. Louis area natives in the WWE may be featured featured in the Rumble: third generation and former WWE champion Randy Orton, and who attended Hazelwood High School in Reginald. A St. Louisian who signed a WWE contract in 2020. Man, imagine Reginald in the Royal Rumble. I like Reggie. Guys, is so fun to watch, bro. And uh, about to end out our segments. Excuse me, our end out our show with the UK with a and more WWE news. UK Stadium is reportedly frontrunner to host WWE SummerSlam in 2022. WWE is working on a... WWE is reportedly working on bringing SummerSlam to the UK next year. TalkSport reached out to 
today that Summer, excuse me, Talksport reported today that SummerSlam 2022 taking place in the UK is in the works, with Principality Stadium in Cardiff being the leading candidate to host the show. The event marks the 30th anniversary of SummerSlam being held at Wembley Stadium in London. Talksport wrote that it's believed that Principality Stadium retracted roof is an attractive. Feature for hosting the show, this reportedly, the reportedly who states, excuse me. The report also states that nothing is in final right now, and it's possible that there will be a stadium show in UK that isn't SummerSlam. Cardiff Principal Stadium is WD's front runner to hold the event, and they said they've been working on a venue for a number of months on that venue. It's believed, of course, the roof. It was announced Wednesday yesterday the Rumble will be taking place at the Dome. At America's Center in St. Louis on January 29th, WrestleMania 38 and Money in the Bank 22 will also be stadium shows. WrestleMania 38 being held at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, while Money in the Bank will take place at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. As well as that, WWE is currently working with Dwayne The Rock Johnson to appear at Brooklyn-hosted Survivor Series. Matt Men's Andrew Zarian first reported that one of WWE's Big Four shows would be heading to Brooklyn, with Dave Meltzer adding in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the WWE hopes to bring the 49-year-old pop culture megastar for an appearance that would lead to something bigger. If involved, that would make it a huge show, of course, and lead to credence to Roman Reigns versus Dwayne Johnson for WrestleMania, as Johnson is getting older each year. No shit, Dave, you fucking dumbass. A Reigns-Rock match has been rumored for quite some time, and Meltzer said that if Rock does come back, he would want to set a record box. He would want to set a box office record with Dallas and AT&T Stadium. Of course, the last time Rock was at WrestleMania, it was at at and Stadium at WrestleMania 32. In Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium in 2022 has two venues where this could happen. Last year, when there was talks of Reigns vs. Johnson, we were told that it wouldn't happen at 2021 WrestleMania, but it was something they were shooting for in 2022. It's also been... But that's also 100, 1,500 plans ago, he wrote. So... Could The Rock appear? And I'll tell you that right now. I think he could. The Rock. No. The Rock is a. Uh... Look, this definitely could happen. Because with this, I don't know what movies he's working on. Um, I could look that up. Upcoming movies. So The Rock is currently in three upcoming movies. Black Adam, DC League of Super Pets, and Red Notice. Um, Black Adam and DC League of Super Pets coming out in 2022. With Red Notice coming out in 2021. 
Now, he did just finish up in July, the final week of filming Black Adam. I believe he's filmed the rest of those movies as well, but I'm not for sure. So, could it be? Could it happen? Could it happen? Well, Black Adam, if we can see here, it is released. It's it's scheduled to release July 29, 2022, likely with The Rock going to a pre-show party, or previewing party, then May 20th, 2022 is when the DC League of Super Pets will come out. Red Notice, which comes out in 2021, as uh, well, I think it was released. No, it's supposed to be released on November 12th, 2021. So, Survivor Series could be a stretch. Well, no, what? It could. He could go. Show up there. Now, how would I book this? But personally, I would have Roman Reigns. Let's see, who do you got? Personally, I would get Roman Reigns. Got Reigns, Survivor Series. I'd say have Reigns defend his title. Hmm. Hmm. Who could you defend it? Because he's defending it, I believe, against Lesnar Crown Jewel. Hmm. I'm thinking of who he could have defended against. Hmm. Let's see. Smojo's out. I'd say, stay with me here. Yeah, Roan Reigns. We know. We know it's Survivor Series. We would never mind. <laughs> so of course, let's see. It'd be uh, what Reigns. Versus, I believe, Big E, depending on what happens. Oh, God, I don't know. Fuck, um. Yeah, yeah, Big E. Lose to Reigns. Then. Hmm. Reigns attacks, then yeah, Biggie loses to Reigns and has Reigns attack Biggie. Burning into the barricade. Then, with, with, uh, with, with that, Reigns assaults Biggie, Biggie. And he's just all out, and the Usos, Roman Reigns is. Pummeling Biggie. The New Day come out. Reigns and the Usos attack them too. They're down. And Reigns gets to the mic. The Usos go in the ring. They get the titles. Got Heyman there as well. 
They all have their titles in their hands. They raise them up, and Reigns cuts a promo saying, I am the biggest attraction in this company's history. I have beaten everyone in this goddamn ring. And you still refuse to acknowledge me. I am the greatest Samoan to ever walk the face of this company. I am your tribal chief. Acknowledge me. And anyone who feels like they shouldn't acknowledge me, then I dare you to get your ass down here. And then he says, cut. And then he's cut off. The Rock's music hits. The fans absolutely go berserk. They pop. And The Rock and Reigns. And then The Rock, no, actually, no face off. Uh, the Rock get, um, comes out. The Usos right there as well. And the Usos, yeah, Reigns sends the Usos out of the ring to keep The Rock out. Then, then uh, the, the Rock looks at both of them from the entrance ramp, takes off his shirt, and then goes to town. Then you see Reigns in the ring with his title. He lays his belt on the ground, tells Rock to come in. Rock and Reigns have a little face-off. And then the Rock takes out Reigns. The Rock looks at the title, picks it up, throws it at Reigns, picks up the mic, cuts a promo, saying something like, uh, saying something like, uh, I will never acknowledge you. You are a disgrace to the Samoan family. And I'm going to show you it. I challenge you to a match at WrestleMania. Boom. Fans pop. Bam. That's how I would book it. Well, everyone, I would like to thank you all for joining me today on this week's edition of the Sports Talk Podcast. Good show today. See you back here next week. Love y'all. See you. Peace.